This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hey everybody, glad you guys are here. Welcome to New Life, and if it's your first time, an extra special welcome to you. So glad you chose to be here with us this evening as we continue on this incredible series that we're calling Servolution. When you walked in, you should have gotten a program that looks just exactly like this one. Inside of it are a few things you're going to want to know about. The first is this card that says start here. At some point while I'm talking, you're going to want to put some information on here because I'm going to give you some great ways to put the things we're learning about into practice tonight. So go ahead if you're a regular part of New Life and just give us your name. If you're new to New Life, give us as much information as you're comfortable with so that we can help you connect with God, so we can help you connect with the church. That's our goal. That's why we're here. We want to help you connect with God. So help me help you by giving us your information. And if you are a guest with us tonight and you would just give us that information. Uh, We have a special gift for you out at our Connect kiosk in the center of the lobby, so grab one of those gift bags on your way out. It's our way of saying, you know what? God loves you, and we love you, and we're so glad that you chose to be with us this evening. Uh, The other thing you're going to want to have are your teaching notes. They're inside your programs. Uh, You can follow along with them. The scriptures I'm talking about will be on those, uh, and you can take notes on the sides. I'm going to have a few extra scriptures because things just kind of pop out sometimes, so get ready for that. You can write things down as you go, and then you can take them home, and you can look at them throughout the week, and they can help you as you continue on this journey to become a servolutionary, which is where we're all trying to go. So these Sunday evenings are a little bit different than our Sunday mornings in that we're trying to create this real free-flowing environment. And if you've been around, you've heard me talk about this. This real free-flowing experience for you where you can just come, you can connect with God. It's a safe place. It's a casual place. Bring in your coffee, bring in your water, whatever you need to do. Kick your shoes off. Our main goal is that you connect with God. One of the ways we're doing that is we're taking out some elements that kind of start and stop the service, like passing around the baskets for our offering and our connect cards. So instead of that, we've got these fantastic silver containers. And look at that. I have someone showing you right now. You drop them right in the containers in the back. That was not scripted, but he's my Vanna for the day. Uh, You just take this Connect card at the end of the service, after you've filled it out, after you've put your prayer requests on here, after you've marked the ways you want to apply it, you're going to take this Connect card, drop it in one of those three silver containers in the back, not the blue recycling bins. That's where we recycle things. That gets thrown away in the containers in the back. You're also going to take your tithes and your offerings, if you came prepared to give this evening, put them in the envelope in your programs, and drop those in the containers in the back. And you can drop them in there. We'll take care of that. We'll get it all processed. And that's just some information for you. Uh, One little bit of community news, and then we're going to jump into the sermon tonight. Here's the information. Next Sunday night, you are not going to come here. You can't come here, and if you do come here, you're going to be playing handball with my daughter and I against the wall outside by the main doors, because we do not have church a week from Sunday. What we're doing is about 15 different churches in Petaluma are all closing our doors for the day, and we're going to have one gigantic church service at 11 o'clock at the Petaluma Fairgrounds. There's information in your programs all about that. Uh, tells you everything you need to know, what to bring, how you can be part of that service. It's going to be incredible. Here's what I'll say. If you can't come to church on Sunday mornings, which is why you're here on Sunday night, 
I'm really sorry. I'm sorry we don't have a service for you, but we felt like it was so important that we all join together for one service on Sunday morning that we're closing our doors on Sunday night as well. So I'm really sorry about that. But for everyone who can, I want to encourage you, 11 o'clock over at the fairgrounds, we're going to have an incredible worship service. Justin and some of our worship team members are going to be leading us in worship. It's going to be an absolutely incredible time. So make sure you mark your calendars and get ready for that. Well, like I said, we are continuing on this journey of servolution. And in the first week of servolution, what we talked about was the reality that who I am affects what I do. And who God says that we are should affect, above everything else, what we do and how we live our lives. And here's what God says about you. God says you are a priest. He says the minute you enter into a relationship with him, the minute you come to call him your heavenly father, the minute you say, I want to follow after you, I want you to lead me on this journey of life, you become a priest. And a priest in the Bible had two key roles. The first role of a priest was to fall passionately in love with God. That everything they did, everything they said, everything they thought about was oriented towards their relationship with God so they could draw close to him. And the second key role of a priest was their job was to help other people come along and experience God. And they did that through the things they said, through the things they did, through their acts of love and kindness, and through helping people really draw close to him. And the Bible says that you're a priest and I'm a priest. That's who we are at our core. And if that's who we are, then it should affect what we do. And that's really where the Servolution series came from. Because a Servolutionary is this. It's someone who's sharing God's love and changing lives through simple acts of kindness, acts of love, acts of generosity, through the things we say and the things we do. We are drawing close to God as Servolutionaries, as priests, and we're helping other people draw close to Him. So that was week one. And then last week we talked about the reality that what's going on in my heart at any given moment affects how I do what I do. And we said that if anything is in our heart except for a certain type of love that the Bible calls agape love, a love that says what you need is more important than what I need, what you want is more important than what I want, your best interest is more important than my best interest. God says if any other type of love, if anything other than agape love is filling our hearts, then our service is meaningless and our service is worthless. Then ultimately our service is actually not going to draw us close to God the way it should. It's going to push us back from God. And ultimately, it's not going to draw other people close to God, but it's going to repel them. So we want to be servolutionaries, people who are loving in a way that says, you know what, I want what's best for you before what's best for me. I want to put your needs first. And the Bible says when we have that kind of service, a service where love is at the center, it affects how we do everything. It affects whether or not we're drawn close to God and we have this incredible relationship with Him. And if we have that kind of love that puts the needs of other people first, it actually will draw them into a relationship with God and help them experience all God has for them in their lives. And tonight we're going to talk about the shape of a servolutionary. What does it look like that God has shaped us and formed us to be specific kinds of servolutionaries? Because the truth is, uh, you were created for specific things, specific ways to serve, specific ways to live. And if you're not living the way God created you to live and serving in the areas where God created you to serve, you might be missing out on what God has for you. And I learned this the hard way, that sometimes we were just not created to do certain things when I was 13 years old. I was 13, going on 14, heading into high school. I was a freshman in high school. And all of my friends wanted to play football. And all of my friends should have been playing football. They were big guys. They were strong guys. They had hairy legs by the time they were 10. I did not. Okay? These were manly boys. Uh, and they all played football. And as any freshman in high school knows, if your friends are all doing something, you do it too because you want to fit in. You want to be part of the team. So I went out for football at 14. Problem was, I was like a buck 10 when I went into high school. I was about this tall. I was super skinny. I realized I wasn't very good at catching the ball because I did not want to be hit by people. 
Uh, I was not very good at tackling people because here's what normally happened. I would play defensive end on the outside and the running back would come around the corner and the only way I tackled him was if I fell backwards and he tripped over my body as he went past. (laughs) Football was not for me. I was not created to play football. My body type was not a football player's body type. My hands, although big, were very clumsy, and I did not know what to do. Now, I could have spent the next four years trying to be a football player and being frustrated and embarrassed and just not having a good time. Or I could have figured out what I was shaped to do. And I realized I was shaped to be a soccer player. I had a soccer player's mindset. I had these big, obnoxious feet that could kick the ball really hard. I could run long distances and kind of sneak around people. I was shaped to be a soccer player. So for the next three years, I played soccer in high school, and I loved it because that's what I was created to do. In the same way, God has shaped you, and he shaped me to do specific things in ministry. But the problem is, we get into the ministry world, and we think, well, it must just be one size fits all. If there's a need in children's ministry, I should just go into children's ministry and I should be fulfilled because it's ministry. Well, that's a lie. If you're not shaped to be in children's ministry, you can get into children's ministry and hate it. If you're, let's say, if you're an an introverted person, if you're a person that doesn't like to be around people and you see a need in guest services and you say, well, I'm just going to go and greet people when they come in the door, you're going to hate it. You're going to dread Sundays. And that's not what God created you for. God created you with specific sets of Uh, abilities and experiences that should shape who we are and where we serve. So we're going to dive into that this evening. And as we do, I want to talk about a guy named David. And David was this incredible king, the most well-known king in the nation of Israel. He was a Jewish king, a Jewish leader, but he came from very humble beginnings. See, David was a shepherd boy, and when he was very early, God called him to do some incredible things, and God had shaped him to do some amazing things. And later on in his life, after he became king, he wrote a psalm, Psalm 139, and it's this poem in the Bible that's really incredible. And I want to read it to you because it talks about the fact that God knows us, and he shaped us for something. Psalm 139 says this, beginning in verse 1. It says, O Lord, you've searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. You've enclosed me or you've surrounded me. You're behind me and you're before me. And you've even put your hand upon me. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot even attain it. He's saying, God, you know me so well that it almost intimidates me. You know, even before I say something, you know what I'm going to say. You're in front of me, you're behind me, your hands are resting on me. God, you know me. And David says, I can't even believe how well my creator God knows me. And he goes on to say this in verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in shoal down in the depths of hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light will be like night. Basically saying, if I hide from you, if I run from you, even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you for you formed my inward parts. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and my soul knows them very well. Friend, that's the God who set David up to serve, who set David up to lead, and that's the same God who we worshiped here in these songs. And that's the same God who has shaped you. 
He formed you. He knows you. Before you were a, a thought in your mama's head, before you were a thought in your mama's mama's head, he, he knew you. He created you. And he has plans for you and purposes for you. David says, I can't even begin to explain or describe all that God is and all that God has for me. God's intimately acquainted with every part of me. And tonight we're going to talk about this God who knows you better than you know yourself. See, even sometimes we lie to ourselves, we like to deceive ourselves and say, you know what, I can figure this out on my own, but the Bible says that God knows us even when we are lying to ourselves, even if we're running away from him, God's there. He's grabbing us. He's chasing us because he loves us and he has plans for us. And I don't know, I feel like there's someone here tonight who just needs to hear that, that God knows you, that God loves you, that even if you feel like you're running away from God, you're hiding in the shadows, you know what, God's there. And he's calling you out. He's calling you back to himself because he has plans for your life. Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, we are God's workmanship. And that word workmanship is this little tiny Greek word uh, that's called poema, which simply means this. It means poem. He says, we're God's poem. God's writing this incredible poem to the world, and we're part of the poem. We were created in Christ Jesus, and here's where the poem gets good. We were created for good works which God prepared beforehand so that you and I could walk in them. The Bible says that this workmanship of God, this poema, this poem sounds best when we're doing the things that God created for us to do. And God has created certain things for you to do before the beginning of time. He has plans for you specifically. So the question for us should be, how do I know what God's calling me to do? How do I know what part of this poem I should be? How do I know if I'm walking in tune with God? How do I know if I'm serving in the places that God's called me to serve? How do I know if I'm doing the things that are going to change lives? Well, I read a book a while ago, and I did a life group on it called SHAPE. And SHAPE is all about helping us figure out how we were shaped to serve. It's an acronym that we're going to get into in a few minutes, but I want to tell you it's an incredible book, and there's a life group that we'll be doing in the fall about this book SHAPE. It's an incredible study that I think you should definitely take. But this author of this book says that there are certain things that we are created with that help us figure out how we should serve and why we should serve. So we're going to explore that for the next few minutes. And then a little bit later, we're going to have a ministry fair. So all around the back of the auditorium are these tables. And we have 14 different ministries represented so that you can look at all the different opportunities that you have to serve in our community. And you can get plugged in there. So that's where we're going tonight. Uh, Let's start off with the beginning. The S in shape stands for spiritual gifts. It's a question, how did God gift me? The Bible says that each of us has received a special gift employed in the serving of one another as good stewards of the complete or the manifold grace of God. So a spiritual gift is just this. It's a gift that when we become followers of Jesus, that God's Spirit actually gives to us. It's something that might have laid dormant in us for a long time, but when we become followers of Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and dwells in us and guides us to truth and guides us to real life. And part of that is that God's Spirit actually brings forth these gifts in us that God has created for us. Uh, the Bible goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that there are a variety of spiritual gifts. But there's one spirit. There's a variety of ministries, but there's one Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all people. And to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good of all of God's people. 
over the course of the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about how God shaped us to serve in the church, how he shaped us to serve in the community, and then ultimately how he shaped us to serve in the world. But we're starting with the church because the Bible says that's where God starts. He gave us gifts to serve his people, to draw us together. And so each one of you has some gifts from God. Maybe you've recognized them. Maybe they're starting to come out in you. Maybe they're laying dormant. You don't even know what they are yet. We're going to help you figure those out over the course of the next few weeks. There's no A-list and B-list of gifts. There's no better gifts and worse gifts. The Bible says that we all have different gifts, and that we're supposed to use them all with God's people and for God's people. Think about all the different gifts that people use tonight just to make this worship experience happen. We had our worship team up here practicing using their gifts. We had our, our lighting and sound techs. We had our projection team. We had our guest services team. We have people serving our children, all for the use of the common good so that we can come and we can worship God. That's how God created us, to be using our gifts so that we could come together and experience God more fully. So the S is for spiritual gifts. The H is for heart, which asks the question, what am I passionate about? What keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the morning? What's that thing that you've said to your husband or your wife before? You know what? If money wasn't an issue, that's what I would do. If I could spend all my time doing one thing, that's the thing I would do. That's your heart. That's your passion. And the problem is sometimes we get these spiritual gifts and we start to put them into practice in the wrong places. Maybe some of you have the gift of teaching. And so you thought, well, I should lead a life group because in life groups you get to teach people and guide people. But maybe your passion is for kids. And so you're using this gift of teaching, but you're teaching the wrong age group. And so you feel kind of dead. You don't understand why all these grown-ups just don't get it and you're annoyed with them. Well, maybe you're serving the wrong people. Maybe you should be serving kids in our children's ministry or serving our youth and our youth ministries. See, God wants to pair up your spiritual gifts in your heart, your passions, and put them together. And then the A is for your abilities. What are those natural skills that you have? One of my natural skills is I talk a lot. Uh, It's a gift. It's an ability uh, that I've had from an early age. In fact, when I was in fifth grade, uh, my mom was called into one of the many parent-teacher conferences that we had, uh, where I was told to go play in the playground and then went home usually to go to my bedroom. And uh, the teacher said to my mom, she said, Mrs. Finkbeiner, I do not know what to do with Kevin. He talks all the time. He turns around, he talks to the kids behind him. He talks to the kids next to him. I can't get any work done because he's always talking. He's not being rude or mean. He's just talking to everybody. My mom said, well, just put him in the seat right in front of your desk so that when he turns around, all he can do is look at you. She said, I tried that. Now he turns around and talks to me and I'm not getting my work done. (laughs) So I had to stick him on the other side of the room because he's distracting me. I have a natural ability to talk. By the way, my poor wife, she married me, a pastor. Her father's a play-by-play radio sports announcer, so she, like, can't get a word in edgewise. We're just monologuers all over the place. Um, But what kind of abilities has God given you? He gave me the gift to talk, and so I talk because it's a natural ability that I've had from a very young child. I just talk and talk and talk. Some of you were born to sell. You had a lemonade stand at age five. You had a multi-tiered lawn mowing business by age eight. You know, you set up the pyramid skin by age 12. You were born to sell. How does God want to use that in ministry? You know, some of you uh, were born organizers. How might God want to use you? 
By the way, we don't have any tables in the background for organizers or for logistics type people. And here's why we don't have any one table for that. Because every single ministry in this church needs someone like you. Needs an organization person, needs a structure person, needs a logistics person. So if you're that kind of person, if that's your ability, I want you to go back during our ministry fair a little bit later, look at the tables, find a ministry that's interesting, just walk up to them and say, you know what, I'm an organizationally minded person, and I guarantee they will swipe you up and take you in their ministry. If they don't, I will take you, and I will use you all over the place. So get ready. The P in shape is for your personality. For your personality. Are you an an introvert? Do you like to get energy from being by yourself? Are you an extrovert? Do you get energy being around people? My wife and I are the exact opposite. She's an introvert, so at the end of a Sunday, she's exhausted. When I go home on Sunday night, I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm an extrovert and a talker, and she can't get me to shut up because I'm just going and going and going. Are you a, a thinker? Do you process things through your thoughts, or are you like a feeler? Do you process things through strong emotion? Do you process things internally or externally? What is your personality? And how does that play in? How do you think God might want to use your personality in ministry? Because he does. We need to get the right personality serving in the right spots to really experience all that God has for us. And then the last one is this. It's our experiences. What's happened in my life? And I want to ask you, How might God want to use your experiences in ministry? How might he want to use your educational experiences in ministry? How might he want to use your family experiences, good or bad? Maybe the way you were raised or the way you're raising your kids for ministry. How might he want to use your spiritual journey in ministry? Can I tell you this? The best person to invite someone who's been burned by the church to come and experience God is someone who's been burned by the church and lived to tell about it. What kind of experiences you had and how does God want to use those to draw people to himself? Sometimes God uses really good experiences. You joined a life group and you loved it, so you thought, I need to lead a life group because this is really, really fun. It's really exciting. Or when you first came to church, you were greeted by somebody, you were hugged by somebody, you got a handshake, and you thought, man, I felt so welcomed. I had a great experience coming to church. I want to join our guest services team so I can welcome and love and hug on somebody else when they come in the door. But sometimes God uses our painful experiences in ministry. Some of you may know this. Uh, my wife and I have two incredible children. We have Maddie, she's three and a half, and we have Landon, he's one and a half. But in between our two kids, we were pregnant again. And right towards the end of the first trimester, uh, we had a miscarriage. And it was incredibly painful. I mean, I never, I never really knew what that would be like. I didn't know what that would feel like to have something like that happen. It was It was beyond words, kind of the pain that hit me in that. But over the course of time, God's been healing us and meeting us and showing us that there's a new day. And he, in fact, he blessed us with a little Landon, who's just this incredible gift that we have. And we love him to death. And I remember three weeks after we had Landon, we had gotten home from the hospital. I had just gone back to work. And I got a phone call from a couple in the church whose daughter and son-in-law, who don't go to New Life, were a week away from having their baby, and their baby died. And so they had to go in and and, uh, give birth to this baby in a stillbirth situation. And they said, hey, can you come and can you pray with us? And can you come into the hospital room after the baby's delivered and pray for the family? And I remember walking into Santa Rosa Memorial Hospital, up the same steps that I had gone up uh, to give birth to our son just three weeks earlier. 
and walking into the room, which was right next door to the room where we gave birth to our son, to see this family in the depths of pain deeper than I had even experienced. But God used me in that situation because the experience I had of pain, but then of, of, of knowing healing from him and of seeing that a new day would come, helped me to pray for them and to pray with them and to hug them and to love them without giving a trite, hey, you know what? God causes all things to work together for good, sister. It's okay. Or a trite, well, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. There are no words in those situations. And yet through an incredibly painful experience, God opened the door for me to minister to this couple. And I think for some of us, God wants to use those experiences to help draw other people to himself. The Bible does say, and it's my favorite verse, it says, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. And that's been a powerful verse for me. It doesn't say that God causes all things, but it says that if we love him, he can take even the most tragic situation and he can turn it around and use it for good. And I wonder if there are people in here who have had really tough experiences in life, really painful experiences that God might want to be turning around right now so that he can use them to help draw other people to himself, so he can bring some good out of a tragedy. Maybe you had a really good parenting experience and your kids have gone off to lead productive lives, but maybe you had a really tough parenting experience and God wants to use you to talk to young parents to show them the things that they could do if they did it this way. Maybe you had a great experience coming to church, but maybe you had a really painful experience coming to church, and God wants to redeem that, and God wants to use it to draw people to himself. Sometimes he uses good. Sometimes he uses bad. But the Bible says that he can work it all together for an incredible good if we just follow after him. So that's our shape. That's what we want to explore. And can you imagine what would happen if each of us, just the hundred of us in this room tonight, if we took this seriously, if we really started to explore our shape, figure out how God has called us to serve, man, we would be drawn into this incredibly passionate experience with God where we just every day wake up and say, God, I can't believe the amazing life that you've called me to. We'd fall more in love with him, and then we'd be drawing other people into his presence in amazing ways. And so I want to talk for a few minutes about how we can take these next steps. What does it look like to figure out our shape? What does it look like to move forward with God? So pull out those connect cards that I had you start to fill out earlier this evening. Some of us are already in ministry, and that's incredible. And I'm not trying to get you to get out of that ministry. For some of you, you just need to stay in that ministry. You need to recommit to being in the ministry where God's called you, because that is the way that God shaped you. But if you're not in ministry, I want to encourage you to try something new. Or if you're not serving where you sense God really has called you and shaped you to serve, I want to encourage you to try something new. If you're going to do that, would you mark on your Connect card, just say, I'm going to try a new ministry, or I'm going to recommit to ministry so I can be praying for you. Some of you are thinking, man, this was too quick to even get anything out of it. It's taking a drink out of a fire hydrant. Well, we created something called a Servolutionary Shape Inventory that we put together from a couple different churches that we're connected with, and I want to send it out to you. Basically, it takes you through all the letters of shape, and it gives you a little questionnaire to fill out to help you figure out how you're shaped how God has shaped you. So if you would mark down, I want to take the Servolutionary Shape inventory, uh, then I'll email it to you this week. You can take that and you can figure it out. But I would say this, don't wait to get involved in ministry until after you've taken the Servolutionary Shape inventory. Start taking it now. 
and then allow God to continue to form you as the time goes on. Because in my opinion, the best way to figure out how you're shaped is just to start doing ministry. Just try it. Get out there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It could be a little messy, but it's going to be worth it. And earlier I was talking about Psalm 139, about how God knows us, he created us, he loves us, that the Bible says he put us together in our mother's womb, that even before a thought is in our head and a word is on our tongues, that God knows it. I talked about how the Bible says that even when we run away from God, we try to get out of his presence, we try to get away, that God is there and he's calling us to himself. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've been running away from him. You've been hiding from him. You've been trying everything on your own. But tonight, something's stirring in you. You sense God calling you back to himself. I want to invite you to give your life over to Jesus. There is no greater choice you could make than to come into relationship with him. The Bible says that we've been separated from God by something called sin. And it's simply this. It's the destructive things that we think, do, and say that hurt us, that hurt other people, and that ultimately hurt our relationship with God. But the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross and rose again to bring forgiveness for our sins, to break the power of sin and death and destruction in our lives, and to draw us back to God. And that is the most incredible news that I can share with you tonight. That there's a God out there who formed you, who loves you, who knows every thought, even the thought you're thinking right now. And he couldn't love you more than he does right now. And if you've never entered into a relationship with him, I'm going to pray in just a second and give you a chance to do that. And if you're here tonight and at one point you were close to God, but you just kind of walked away from him, you've run, you're trying to figure out where you can get away from God's presence. And tonight you sense him calling you back. I want to invite you to recommit yourself to him. And if you're going to pray that prayer with me in just a second when I pray, and I'll share with you a simple prayer of inviting God into your life. If you're going to pray that prayer with me, would you just mark that on your Connect card so I can be praying for you this week and so I can connect with you this week? I'm going to pray right now. And if you sense God calling you back into relationship with him, you can repeat these, these simple words after me. You can whisper them right where you sit or you can whisper them in your heart. You can pray a simple prayer. So let's close our eyes and let's pray. And by the way, if you're here tonight and you're close with God, uh, would you just be praying for people who, who God needs to stir right now to call back to himself? So if you sense God calling you tonight, drawing you back to himself, you can pray these simple words. You can say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on a cross and rose again to forgive me of my sins. And tonight, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I say yes, Lord. I say yes to this relationship that you're inviting me into, and I say yes to you. Because tonight, I realize that you're real and that you're here, and that I want you to be the one guiding my life. And when you say go, I'll go. When you say stay, I'll stay, because I want you to be God in my life from this point on. So would you come and would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you guide me and would you lead me? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.